you have basically the same environment inside the radio station here at KGRG uh, that ha has been since the beginning. And what I mean by that is, is there is kind of this camaraderie. There's this group of students. You'll hang out at the radio station between classes. We have these old couches, probably haven't been changed since the 70s. Uh, <laughs> we uh, have a, a group of students who will just kind of come hang out, talk about radio, but more than that, just kind of talk about life. Some of those people you meet, you know, 20 years ago, you're still talking with them today and you get to see their success uh, as you move along as well. I've been waiting a long time for this. On talk, no shock. And now, from the Emerald City of Seattle, it's the Mike Cybert Radio Podcast. Your home for pop culture, transformers, independent artists, interviews, transformers, and stuff and things. Also, sometimes transformers. And now, here he is, the man who has a master's in advanced burrito, Mike Seibert. Hey, welcome back to Mike Seibert Radio, powered by Poddex. I am your host. And um, last week, I told you about a... I guess you would call it a promotional video of sorts, uh, advertising the journalism program at Green River College, of which I'm an alumni. I talk about it almost constantly. And uh, I also told you about the uh, podcasting class that is taught by my mentor, Charlie Harger, who is also a reporter for Como News Radio here in Seattle. And I thought at a time where journalists, broadcasters, content creators, um, you know, all kinds of folks are adapting to a remote work-from-home environments, kind of like trying to, I don't know, uh, uh, restack the deck and kind of learn some new tricks. Um, you know, as well as a time when both students and instructors are adjusting to distance learning and as we kind of try to uh, make our way in this uh, whatever we call this new reality whatever this is going to be but I, I thought I would uh, chat with somebody who has insight and experience in both of those spaces so joining me in the socially distant studio we are safely separated by glass in separate studios uh, please uh, please give it up for multiple award winning journalist uh, Charlie Harger, welcome back to Mike Cybert Radio. I noticed you didn't mention how handsome I am. Well, because it's a podcast and nobody okay. can see. No, I think they can just tell. You, you kind of can tell, actually. If you, <laughs> if you put your ear up to the radio, uh -huh, you uh -huh. kind of shove your earbuds in just a uh -huh. little further, and it's like, oh, that's... Oh, that oh, guy is one handsome fella. I get it. I get it. <laughs> it's smooth. It's so smooth. Hey, man, thanks for having me here. Yeah, it's well, it's been about a year or so mm -hmm. since uh, since we've uh, done the podcarting thing, and, you know, with... Uh, Not much has changed. Yeah, it, it's been very slow. I mean, yeah. we, we we were talking about like Avenger movies right. and, and what's going to happen in that Spider-Man movie. And it, it's so very quaint. Um, everything just seems like it was a full uh, lifetime ago. But yeah, I, I thought we would just kind of dig into how life is different for folks like you and I and, and folks hanging out at home uh, doing doing the content creation thing, but also using that as a springboard to talk about 
your upcoming uh, session for your podcasting class, which uh, first day of class is September 21st. That is about right. Now, here's the thing. It's an all on-demand class. So we're not going to be in class on first thing Monday morning. Okay. You're going to check out what I had to say. And then if you have my class, you will be taking the instructions and putting it together and toward the end of the week you'll have some assignments but let's not even get that far ahead it's all on demand and what the cool thing is is that you are able to talk with me and i will give you guidance throughout the quarter you can just call me up we can do a zoom chat or whatever but i i I try to not have it too much pressure because there are a lot of things going on think about this so many people, me included, I'm not only at home doing a full-time job, I've got two kids in school down the hall, and I am trying to keep everything put together. So hopefully this is the sort of thing where you're able to take a class, it's fun, and at the same time you're learning something, and there's not that pressure of you have to be here at 9.15 in the morning or else. Yeah. Well, and that's that's as good a starting point as any because you know most most of the folks that listen to my podcast that are in my audience and are my friends are either podcasters themselves or are aspiring content creators or are just interested in kind of how the sausage gets made sure you know i that's that's really kind of how i come into this as kind of like a fan of radio and just kind of how that all kind of works together so a lot of that kind of bleeds over into into the content that i do but um so i i guess I, I I think um, I, I jumped us a couple few steps ahead, and every every podcast is somebody's first podcast, right? It is, and I've I've just recently celebrated. I I feel very old. Uh, five years of doing this uh, this talking into the microphone. Huh, when did you start doing that? I uh, I started that in the summer of 2015. Huh, okay. After okay. after taking a, a couple classes at at this very college that we're going to talk about, and uh, one of those classes is uh, is is a certain award winning journalist that I'm sorry, multiple award-winning and incredibly handsome journalist uh, that we have in here. But I I guess, so Charlie, because like um, a lot of folks have uh, started listening very recently to my show, could you take a a quick sec and maybe let folks know a little bit about who Charlie Harger is? Okay, well, aside from being incredibly handsome, uh, listen, I have been uh, an instructor at Green River College with the radio department, which has kind of branched out into more of a broadcast journalism department, but I've I've been an an instructor since 2001. I had been a student there for a couple years before that, but I've been somebody who's been really involved with Green River College. Love it. Go Gators. We have the radio station, KGRG-FM. We have KGRG-1, the AM station. I've been busy involved doing that. I have this entire other radio career where I work full-time mm-hmm. at Como Radio in Seattle, and that's where I'm a reporter, and I do all sorts of interesting stuff with that. There's a lot going on in the news lately. You, you might be aware of this. So that uh, it keeps me ba- uh, busy for my full-time job. But my part-time job, and something I've just always adored doing, is being an instructor at the college. And it started as a digital radio 
job. And so back in 2001, I was teaching people how to be on the air, how to be a DJ. I had been a DJ at a couple different stations. I was working part-time at a station in Olympia. And uh, before that, I had been in Centralia and it was, you know, that guy who's talking up the talking up the song. Hey, here's John Cougar Mellencamp, Jack and Diane. It's 15 past the hour. That's 44 minutes before the top. Um, so that's what I was doing. I think it's 45 minutes before the top. I've never been terribly good at math. But I had been teaching this class once a quarter. Every quarter I've had, you know, had a million students go through. And it's a digital radio class. Yeah. And something interesting started to happen. The, the cost of bandwidth started going down, I don't know, maybe 2004, 2005. And this was kind of a proto podcast sort of thing where it it made sense that we were able to have students record onto a disc their own ideas for a show and that would be one of the major projects for the class they would burn it onto a cd and i would listen to it at the end of the class and not only would they be djs but they'd be only be on their own creating content as well that was pretty cool And a couple of years after that, that's when I'm not even sure the term podcasting was around. We'd use an RSS feed to kind of push out an MP3 and then podcasting became popularized. And that's when I I started having a a big, hmm, maybe uh, this is something I should be having my students do. And it, it started being the thing maybe in 2000, I don't want to exaggerate, but I think it was 2007, 2008, that became a requirement in the class. The term podcasting was popularized right around then. Yeah, I, yeah sounds I, about it, right. it's about It's getting pretty fuzzy now, but podcasting really started taking off, and I'd had students do two podcasts a quarter, then three, and then four. And then about, I don't know, two years ago, I started having some serious discussions with the, the broadcasting program at the college, and I say, so guys, this is kind of a thing, this whole podcasting thing. Maybe this class should become all podcasting. And so a year ago, that's what we transitioned over to. It became all podcasting. It was like scary and new. And I'm in a class and I'm teaching it. It's every Tuesday and Thursday and you have to be there from 10 to 1130. And I'm going to teach you all about podcasting. And then we're going to go up to the station and you're going to record and it'll be perfect. Happy podcasting, everybody. And then the Rona. Yeah. Okay. So that changed. I mean, things changed, but it's actually great because much of the time when you talk to people who are podcasters, here's, here's what they're doing. They are recording at their homes or some people, they don't know exactly what they're doing. So they're recording into their smartphones. Yeah. They, they want to just start, you know, dip their toes in the water, which is totally understandable, mm-hmm. totally fine. So it, it was actually a tough thing, a very tough thing for me to lose that in-person class. At the same time, this has challenged me and given me more ideas, more concrete skills that I can pass on to my students because I happen to be here in Seattle at a a studio across from you today, Mike, but 99% of the time since March, I have been in my walk-in closet at home, Mm -hmm. and that is my studio. 
I don't have the super fancy studio that many podcasters covet. I don't keep my camera on when I'm interviewing most people because I am literally, not figuratively, literally in a walk-in closet. And that's because it provides good, cheap acoustics. Yeah. And that's one of the things I'm telling my students. And it's kind of funny because I remember a couple of years back, the, the quarter you were in our class, mm-hmm. summer 2015. That's correct. Yeah. You did your podcast. And I think you recorded up at the radio station, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, that's correct. Because I, uh, I was taking both classes at the same time. I was taking your digital radio class, mm-hmm. but I was also taking the... KGRG FM class. So I, I'm doing the hot rock and flame throwing <laughs> DJ thing doing live radio yeah. on KGRG FM. So I I kind of got the best of both worlds, but that also afforded me access to the equipment mm-hmm. in a way that some of my other classmates didn't. So one of the students in that class, summer 2015, I believe her name was Abby, and she recorded some excellent podcast. She sounded great. And that was that was part of the radio class assignments at the time. But what Abby did was she recorded her podcast in her walk-in closet. Her parents are down the hall. <laughs> I, I remember this vividly. Yeah. And I remember commenting in class, man, Abby, that sounds awesome. What, yeah. kind, what studio were you using? She goes, no, this was on my smartphone. And it blew me away when I learned about that. So... One of the things I really enjoy is talking about resilience. We all got to be resilient in yeah. life. And I not I know that not everyone has a couple grand to drop on high-end podcasting equipment. In fact, some people might not even have a couple hundred to drop on high-end pos- podcasting equipment. So what I do is I, I set a baseline in this. I'm, I'm going into this knowing that people are going to want to learn the basics and if they want to learn more, I'm going to show them more. But when you do my podcasting class, what you're going to do is, at the very least, record something on your smartphone. Now, there are a couple different services out there and software solutions, and it, it gets really expensive after a while. I, For work, I use Adobe Audition. I love recording on Adobe Audition. I, I think that's the easiest, most straightforward thing to do. But you have to pay a monthly subscription for that. I don't want you spending money. So we get you set up with some software, some distribution that's free, and you are recording your podcast at least into your smartphone, and distributing it. Now, then I have some students go, wait, I'm a gamer. I can use my gaming headset to do this. It sounds great. So I I encourage that. Or maybe somebody wants to drop 50 bucks on a USB microphone. It doesn't have to sound great. Okay. Uh, Are you going to do it on your laptop or PC or even your iPad? We're going to give you solutions for doing all that. But everybody on on a baseline, I, I think the latest numbers are more than... 97% or something like that of of those who are typically in the college student age range at least have a smartphone and there are smartphone recording solutions for all of them. So I, I guess my point being is that we are there to help Everyone, especially if they're locked up at home, I don't want you going up to the, the radio station to record this. Let's, yeah. let's not 
let's not get the spread. I'm going to show you how to do it. I, I will definitely uh, direct you to videos, and th- there are all sorts of solutions. But I want you to learn the basics, and I'm going to show you some of the gear. And, but most importantly, I'm going to show you how to present yourself because yeah. it's scary, right? You're talking into a microphone, and my goodness, I have to talk for five minutes straight in this first assignment? You remember how intimidating that was, right? Absolutely. Especially if it's just you, you start thinking, I don't know if I can do this. (laughs) And what I find is so funny is I I get students started doing a five-minute podcast at the beginning of the quarter, and you cannot get them to shut up for 30 minutes at the end of the quarter just because, oh, I can do this. And, and, oh, and here are some of my ways of expanding about what I want to talk about. And, and oh, th- here's an... This is how you do an outline. This sounds great. And how does sound? I, I, I don't want you to be the over-the-top radio DJ guy right. when you're doing a show, but how does sound like you have a little energy and you're having a little fun? So those are the types of things we, we try to talk about in the podcasting class. Well, and I tell you, some of the fundamentals that you've taught me are still kind of the foundations of the content that I do now. I I break almost all of the rules. Yeah. Um, you know, see any given two plus hour episode of my <laughs> podcast. Uh, but it it starts with fundamentals, yeah. and I think that folks are so excited sometimes to crack a mic that they kind of forget basic stuff like what am I talking about mm-hmm. or why am I talking about it? That that kind of thing. And one of the, well, I, I focus on two big themes throughout the quarter. One is storytelling. So when you're telling a story, you have a beginning, a middle, and an end and try to make it sound interesting. And I get more into detail in that. Mm-hmm. But also uh, interviewing and listening to people because that's so important and huge and you can hear that in a podcast when somebody truly is not listening or caring uh, about what's being said they're not really vibing and having a good interaction especially i love listening to team show podcasts uh, where people are having fun but i also appreciate it when people hear each other instead of just uh, wait for the noise to stop and then they start talking on the other side of the glass or, or being so excited to get in your next question. Uh-huh. And this is something that, that me, as somebody that does a lot of interviews with folks, mm-hmm. I'm constantly having to pull myself back and say, wait, wait. And then, you know, when the opportunity is right, and usually I take my guests on tangents and yeah. we talk about all kinds of stuff, but don't be so quick to jump on your next question. That's what drives me nuts as a listener, as folks that are so fixated on their list of questions that they forget to listen. It would be as if Optimus Prime were to mention in his interview with you, he would go, oh, you know, the the Decepticons have a point in this, but what I really want to talk about today is yada, yada, yada. You got to circle back to Optimus. Listen. I I heard you say the Decepticons have a point. Could you expand on that? Right. Because otherwise, we all know the Autobots aren't going to listen, Mike. <laughs> I love it. Pandering to the audience. Uh, I, do, I, I want to tell a story because if I don't tell it now, I can't figure out what other place to put it. But okay. one, of, we, uh, uh, one of the lessons that I 
indirectly learned from taking your class is the um, the value of having a potentially polarizing hot take on things. Yes. One of one of the lessons during my time, one of the assignments was a list podcast. You know where you just rank like say a, a series of movies or something like that. And in the example that you gave, uh, you were talking about Star Trek movies. And you start at the bottom, you know, you're ranking your movies. And then once you start getting to the top, you're putting in some heavy hitters that are not at the top. Well, that's where you're wrong, but go on. Well, perhaps you could tell the story better than I can, because uh, this this is a thing that's been going on for five years. Nemesis and Insurrection, they're clearly at the bottom, right? Yes. Does anyone disagree with that? They, I, no, they are at the bottom. I could look from here in Seattle all the way to Portland. People would go, listen, I love the Next Generation crew, yeah. Nemesis and Insurrection, no bueno. Right. Okay? So we, we can eliminate those. Those are at the bottom, generally agreed upon. Then, you know, you start to have some back and forth. Okay, was Star Trek V really good with the original series crew? I've heard some revisionist history saying it was good. It was not. Um, you can probably, toward the bottom of that list, put Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. That also, again, not a, among my favorites. Then maybe, well, I don't think at the time we had Star Trek Three with the uh, a, a Kelvin timeline. Correct. Crew. I think all we had was Star Trek two thousand nine. Yeah. I don't. I don't okay. think we even had an Into Darkness yet. We didn't even have Into Darkness. Okay, because Into Darkness would probably be there. I did not like the Star Trek Furious or whatever it was called. Did not like that at all. Ah. Well, Fast and Furious, the Fast and Furious oh, director, oh, uh, oh. Star Trek, whatever that was with the Kelvin people. You, you're so gonna, you're going to start a whole new thing that's going to go for another five years okay but i digress okay so those are kind of the middle of the pack uh then star trek 2009 and now we're starting to get there i'm sure i'll I'll get the twitter corrections if i've skipped a movie but i don't think i have so far then there's uh i am going to put in my star trek list uh, as we start to approach the the cream of the crop star trek 4 that's probably the most accessible for anybody to watch. So that would be number three on my list. Number two on my list is Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Excellent movie. Enjoyed it. But it is not as good as Star Trek, the motion picture, 1978. So that is the clearly the top Star Trek film. Which, at this point, as you're demonstrating this for the class, I fall out of my chair. And, you know, and, and for these last five years, I, I have teased you a lot about it, sometimes more gently than others. Mm-hmm. But the lesson that I learned from that is that it's memorable. In yeah. that, like, it's, it's become a touchstone in a way that like, you know, anytime I see like a goofy... Because that movie was art, right, Mike? It was art. It, it, it had a totally different take. There wasn't necessarily a bad guy. It really made you think. Right. It was more 2001 than Star Wars, and I defy you to tell me that is better than The Wrath of Khan, where, you know, a very good movie. Don't get me wrong. I think it, it, it saved the franchise in terms of being kind of accessible and a rollicking adventure, but there were, it wasn't as good as the first. That's all I'm saying. 
Sure. What also, though, as I came to learn later, after a few years of of ribbing you about this, that there was there, there's a cool story that goes with your first love and appreciation of that movie. And I think after you told me that story, which you're welcome to tell now if you'd like. You mean the story I told William Shatner when I interviewed him? Yes. Okay. So it was also happened to be Star Trek, the motion picture. First movie I can ever remember seeing at a drive-in. I want to say it was in Ventura, California. I was like three years old. Parents brought me to that, and I was just blown away. First thing I, I can remember seeing. Now, keep in mind, Star Trek is my number two franchise. Star Wars is always going to be number one. Mm-hmm. Love Star Wars. I guess that was the first movie I ever saw in a movie theater, but the first movie I ever remember seeing was Star Trek The Motion Picture, and it was such a great thing, and I remember telling Shatner about that a couple of years back now. Oh, I love Shatner. Uh, and, and he was just so kind, and he, he, he thought it was just really nice. Uh, so it, it's one of those experiences you don't forget, and, and what right. you have to understand about podcasting is you're making a connection. So and what I mean by that, Mike, yeah. is generally people, when they're listening to a podcast, they have their headphones on. Uh, they're, they're working out or they're driving in their car somewhere. There aren't a lot of other people around. And so if you're just trying to broadcast out into like a big wide audience, it, it's going to fall a little flat. But if you have a human connection and you're able to relate things to your life and be a, a much more relatable person on the other end of those speakers, you know, you are speaking into a microphone. That's the way you get people to come back to your podcast. Yeah. Yeah. And and again, the that that lesson and again, coupled with with the story that you told Mr. Shatner mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. is that that resonated with me because that that's basically what I do with this Transformers the movie thing, because it's all about my experience watching it. That's why it's still with me. And then from that point forward, I, it, it it's all clicked together. And I understand kind of like the value of being unique because mm-hmm. there there aren't a whole lot of folks that would put Star Trek the slow motion picture at the top of their list. There's not a whole lot of folks outside of a specific fandom that that would rave about Transformers the movie. So there there's Again, I, I think there there's value in having something. It's something that that uh, Tom Evans Krause said in, in in his FM radio, live radio uh, classes. He two words that have always stuck with me in whatever I've done in broadcasting is be interesting. And I've found that you know having a unique take on something mm-hmm. is is a, a fast way to do that. I agree, and I, I think that is one of the things that w- we should all keep in mind. And it doesn't just apply to podcasting, right? That of that course. applies to life. And it, maybe this is just a little too philosophical, but the fundamentals of what you learn about interviewing people, fundamentals of having a conversation, not only apply in a class like podcasting, but it, it's. It, 
dynamics in terms of relationships. And I often tell my students, listen, if you're going out on a first date, sometimes you should think about a podcast interview as a first date. If you're going out on a first date, Mm. you're going to want to make eye contact. You're going to want to have an interesting thing to say. You're going to want to ask questions of the person you're on the date with that makes them open up and makes them want to talk with you and also find you interesting. And it can't be forced. That is something you cannot just be like, hey, all right, so we'll be going out a second date. Um, It doesn't exactly work that way. So how do you make that happen as well? And it's not like I'm going to get super in depth on that in the class, but it is something that is important to think about. What are some things you can do to make the conversation interesting and move it forward? Mm-hmm. One of the other uh, values that you teach is narrowcasting mm-hmm. ver- versus broadcasting, you know, narrowcasting, niche casting. At this point, there are over a million podcasts out on iTunes. And one of the lessons that you've taught us is find that one underserved niche that mm-hmm. speaks to you that you can be passionate about like you know i i've i've spoken about this example uh when i've when i've come back to guest lecture for your classes is that i've i've got some friends of mine that do that minute by minute breakdown podcast yeah. of that transformers movie and so that that is like a niche within a niche within a niche so and i think that's kind of one of the powers of podcasting is that you can, you know, laser focus in on a underserved part of even like a certain niche fandom. And one of my students early on, this had to be 2004, 2005, Tommy C. Tommy C. is uh, actually, he is a successful business person in the, the Kent Valley. And you, you might actually know Tommy C. Your family might have been entertained by his business. That's all I'm going to say, keeping the, the confidentiality. Of course. He had an awesome proto-niche podcast, because I I would bring that up. Hey, uh, you can have a very broad and interesting appeal, because if you're in Seattle, for example, you can have a classic rock radio station, and tens of thousands of people will listen to it. Tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands will listen to your pop music station. Mm -hmm. And that's great. In a city of Seattle, and you're a radio station, you need to have as many people of a particular demographic, at least, listen to your show. And that's way you can sell advertising. Well, one of the great things about podcasting, Mike, is that all you need to do in terms of podcasts is find people with similar interests because they can tune in from around the world. And so I brought up that example that people can be listening from anywhere in the world. So your your audience is you know, it could be billions. Of course, not everybody around the world has, uh, but I, I'm oversimplifying that. Sure. So Tommy C. hears this and he goes, you know what? I'm going to do a show where every show I play a different unusual instrument ah. and I talk about what it does and where it comes from and I talk to somebody who knows how to play it. And 
the show, even in 2005, it just hit the nail on the head because he plays the didgeridoo. You know the didgeridoo? You remember? Yeah, 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 from (laughs) Crocodile Dundee. Sure. Yes. That's what I remember it from. It's an Australian uh, instrument. And he played a didgeridoo and he talked to somebody who knew how to play it. And this was like in 2005. Now, there might be three people in our city, the city of Seattle, who want to listen to that. But around the world, there could literally be thousands, thousands who want to listen to that. And I don't want to get too much into the weeds here, Mm -hmm. but when you're in a podcast, especially if you're looking to sell a podcast, you need at least at least a thousand people to listen. Now, they the way podcasts are sold, I I know that's not your focus, but can I just share a little secret? Yes, absolutely. I know a lot of folks are very interested in making that that monetary step. 97% of people are going to do this for fun. If you are looking to sell a podcast, which I at least get into in terms of how to go about doing this, uh, those 3% of people who want to make money what you need to keep in mind is it sold as a cost per thousand. So for every thousand listeners you get, you can charge a fee. So if you're charging, let's just put $50 per thousand. So if you get a thousand listeners to your show uh, and you sell it through an advertiser, and there are a couple different companies that do this, a lot of different companies now, if you have a thousand, you get Fifty dollars. If you get two thousand, you get a hundred dollars. If you get twenty thousand, you get a thousand dollars. So I hope I'm doing the math right. But it, it, podcasting is sold as a cost per thousand sort of thing. Yeah. So what you're trying to do is figure out how many people around the world might be interested in this sort of thing. And if you can think that enough people want to listen to didgeridoo music. Well, you're probably not going to have a career, but you you might have enough for beer, provided you're over 21. I like that. This episode of Mike Cyber Radio is powered by Poddex. Now, you've heard me mention that to open the show for the last several months, but what does that actually mean, and what are these Poddex that I speak of? Poddex are unique podcast interview questions and episode ideas right there in the palm of your hand. Conversation starting cards that will help you have fun discussions, grow your audience, and set you apart from the pack. No pun intended. Or maybe it is. There are a variety of Poddex combo packs, including the episode and interview decks, the second edition interview deck, the would you rather and what the heck decks, Or you could do what I did and just buy the entire library of all five unique pod decks. Go to poddecks.com for more information and use my discount code MSRP10 at checkout to receive 10% off your first order. That's discount code MSRP for Mike Seibert Radio Podcast, MSRP10 at checkout. Now, I discovered Poddex during the pandemic and at a time when I wasn't sure if I wanted to keep podcasting, but finding Poddex kind of helped light the fire under me to get me back on the mic. So when I say powered by Poddex, it's not just a sponsorship program, it's a motivation as well. So whether you are just starting out or are a pro podcaster or content creator and want to add more tools to your arsenal, shuffle up, ask a question, and let your audience 
audience get to know you and your guests better at poddex.com. And don't forget to use my discount code MSRP10 at checkout to receive 10% off because if you forget, they don't kick anything back to me. That's again, discount code MSRP10 at checkout poddex.com. So, uh, I, I guess before we pivot and talk about kind of like the structure of the mm-hmm. class, because as near as I can tell, the the broadcasting program that I was enrolled in that I've that I've graduated from um, has drastically changed. It seems like there's some some uh, changes to the program that you know I guess for just for my amusement um, uh, we we can kind of talk about and unpack for folks that might be interested in enrolling in uh, Green River College. But I, I guess the the thing I, I'd like to ask you about first is kind of like maybe uh, dispel some myths that folks have about podcasting like for example we we talked a, a little bit earlier about kind of like not getting bogged down in in what i i refer to as gear porn mm-hmm. you know it's like you know ooh, what kind of mic do you got what yeah, kind of mixer yeah. do you got it's like it doesn't matter talk about your content um but what what other uh kind of like uh myths can uh can we dispel well i think one of them is that you have to be someone who is constantly out to make money. Uh, That is one of the things, if you go into this, and especially if you're an independent person, making money will be great, but you have to first learn how to do this. And you don't have to be great at this. That's that's another thing. Um, I, I want you to always strive to be better, and eventually you will be better. But there is a learning curve that I think a lot of people get nervous about and they think they sound terrible. And I've seen so many talented people go, oh, I just can't do it because they they have this level of uh, embarrassment. So one of the first things I I try to tell people is you're not going to sound good. And now I'm not saying you're going to sound bad, but you have to learn. You, you have to start somewhere, and for some people, it's going to be easier than others. But there, there's always a starting point there. Um, and another thing that I think is just really important is I don't think it's a great idea to spend thousands of dollars on equipment, especially when you look at the statistics, and I know you have, Mike, <laughs> yeah. how many people stop doing their podcast after 10 podcasts. They will do three or four. They see they have two listeners, and one of them was their husband or wife mm-hmm. who tuned in, and they go, man, this is a lot of work, and I just spent a couple thousand dollars on doing this. Another thing is that People just kind of decide to go and they do a podcast and then they say, ah, I'll do another one in a couple months. Consistency is just so key uh, because that not only gives new content to your listener, but it also gives you a little discipline. Discipline is important uh, when doing this. And I know you have it down to a science. You finish recording on a certain night and you set publication for the day or two in front and you always set a little deadline for yourself. Mm -hmm. So when you're doing a podcast, there has to be an element of discipline. So those are uh, some of the things I, I really think people should start out with inexpensive 
and or used gear yeah and just see how it suits them and then just slowly work your way up especially if you're a dynamite show like you know maybe you're you're three shows in and you're getting a call from from uh one of the major podcasting services like you get a call from spotify and they go hey mike we want you on our network we're gonna pay you some money we're yeah. gonna pay you joe rogan money <laughs> now that'd be great that, that's that'd when you go nice. buy some nice gear yep but you can work your way up to that as well Right, exactly. And, you know, uh, uh, one little bit of advice I, I want to share, I just thought of this recently, is like, uh, for myself and a lot of my friends, podcasting is a hobby. Mm-hmm. But with regards to inexpensive gear, yeah. as with any other hobby, <laughs> folks are constantly upgrading. Yes. So with every time somebody goes out and blows $500 on an RE20, mm. there's probably their old Blue Yeti that's out there on a marketplace somewhere that you could probably get on the cheap. So. Yes, yes. You got to keep that in mind. And just how many people give up doing podcasting oh. as well. So. There, there is gear to be found. I, I got to tell you, the mixer I use at home uh-huh. is just a, I, I wish I had a roadcaster. I don't. So I use a Behringer uh, one channel mixer. Right. And I got it for 50 bucks on eBay. It's got an interface with my computer. I, I, I can do everything I would want to do. And that's what I use to actually submit radio reports. So you, you don't have to be crazy. The mic I use at home is a Shure SM58. It's like a $100 microphone, mm. but it's also a microphone. It's not quite an RE20. I'm talking into an RE20 now. Right. But SM58 is a a nice little microphone that's a hundred bucks and that will do 99% of everything you need a microphone to do. One of the things that is fascinating to me is that how um, we, we as an audience have kind of acclimated to um, more DIY type mm-hmm. sounds, you know, uh, podcasters, radio folks, we could be really snooty about equipment, about editing, about technique. And suddenly when you've got, uh, network broadcasters broadcasting from home, a lot of those old standards kind of go out the window. Do you want to talk a little bit about some yeah. of those adjustments? One of my colleagues at Green River College, John Kasprick, he teaches a couple of the different classes, uh, including some of the audio editing and kind of the uh, engineering and production side of things. Uh, really great classes. He uh, He's an audio engineer. He, he works at different radio groups. He's the head of uh, one of the state engineering societies. Mm-hmm. And he's, he brings up this point often, Mike, and he goes, uh, there are so many musicians, people in rock bands who say, hey, I need the newest and greatest guitar. I need these new pedals. I, I need all these different things for my instruments. Uh, to which John says, correctly, maybe you should learn to play guitar first. <laughs> and, and so the, the point being is content is always the most important thing. If you have a good show, but it sounds like you're kind of off mic and it's not great, if at least you're a little entertaining, that goes a long way with the audience. Maybe it's not 100% of the way, right. uh, but it's definitely the most important thing that you have something interesting to say. <laughs> if you have nothing 
something interesting to say. I don't care how nice your studio is. People aren't going to listen. On the other hand, if you're talking like this and all of a sudden you've got William Shatner on the other side and he's talking about Star Trek, the movie, and Drive-In and how he saw Transformers there, too, that might be something I want to see. Yeah. I will listen to. Yeah. Yeah, content is king. Content is just so important, and that's why you gotta you gotta work those muscles. You gotta learn how to do this. Excellent. So let's uh, so let's talk about the actual coursework first of all. So like uh, when I was a plucky young broadcaster, baby DJ at Green River College, uh, the class was called Journalism One Twenty Digital Radio, and yeah. we, we were doing uh, voice tracking for KGRG One. Uh, you were uh, uh, constantly uh, going nuts trying to teach kids uh, not uh, how to how to say Slater Kinney correctly, and and <laughs> it's we- important, Mike. It's Slater Kinney. It is not Slater Kinney. Carrie and her pals did not grow up like savages and pronounce it like Sleater. It is Slater Kinney. This is me, Tommy Parker, talking to you live from the 94.5 Roxy Studios in Olympia. Back to you. (laughs) I need a sec. That's too good. Uh, But... And and it had that that focus on podcasting also, so it was kind of like a dual type of thing. And I I had told folks for years that well, the voice tracking stuff is industry standard stuff. Like yeah. I have folks that work with me down the hallway that that's literally what they do. They go into another studio and they they tape out voice tracks, and and that that's a skill to learn as well. But you talked at the top about this shift to full on podcasting. And I was wondering if you can kind of talk about the other shifts in the academic program as well, because one of the other things, and and any KGRG kid out there that's listening is knowing that there's always two things. The school is always looking to shut down the radio station, and they're looking to cancel the academic program. It's like it's like we've always been like on the run, but it sounds like in in recent times. You know that, like with this new academic program, this this journalism program that that's out there that you help do the video for, seems to be kind of like a step forward to where it's like, oh, the school actually kind of seems to have an interest in in what these broadcasting and journalism students are doing. And it, it might be a bit of a misnomer. I don't know. I, I I I go back and forth on it. I think people get the wrong idea when they hear journalism. They hmm. think, oh, I'm going to be writing a 500-page report or 500-word report for the school newspaper, or you're going to want me to be Anderson Cooper, uh, which are all totally things that, that are within the realm of journalism and we offer at the school. But I, I think what we're trying to do is give you just a healthy understanding of the media and different experiences. So, uh, you know, there's like the multimedia journalism program and Mm. John Knowlton is teaching that. And what he's doing is he's talking to students about just kind of the mechanics in in writing news, not only for a paper, but this is how you would deliver it over a radio or a podcast or on TV. So you start learning about that. We have Aaron Day, a longtime producer for 
uh, for Q13 here in Seattle. He's now working for their sister station in L.A. And he is showing you how to do multimedia uh, journalism in terms of social media sort of stuff. He's uh, how, oh, how wow. do you create uh, it for somebody on Twitter or Facebook? How do you create content that will capture their attention there? So we have stuff like that. We also have his video journalism class. Uh, you know, you're going out and you're shooting video. Think about how important video is, even with podcasters yeah. now. How many podcasters have that as part of their show? So Aaron, uh, who is hugely knowledgeable about that, he gives you some really hands-on experience with that. Then you have radio and digital radio. If you want to be a DJ or you want to learn how to use automation software yeah. on a radio station, Tom Krause is going to hook you up. He's going to uh, talk about that. We have other classes. Uh, you've got my podcasting lab. You've got John Kasrick. I told you about his audio editing thing. And, and what's great about John's class, it's not an easy class. Right. <laughs> I, I, I will put that out there, but he's going to teach you kind of like the, the technical background. So, okay, I'm going to set up my home studio. No, you don't need to set up the eggshell foam on every <laughs> single square inch. You need to set up, and this is something John is well, passionate about. I, I, I was going to say, I didn't want to be rude and interrupt you, but you said, you know, eggshells, no eggshell cartons, <laughs> yeah. no egg cartons. I mean, you want to see master engineer John Casper oh, get crazy. triggered, start talking about <laughs> putting egg cartons up in your studio. And Can't he- do that. But, you know, the foam that kind of looks like an eggshell carton. Yeah. You need to put that on uh, facing walls, and that way your your sound doesn't bounce off uh, yes. each other or go into your walk-in closet like me. Um, you know, you have a, a class like uh, my friend Stephen Kilbreath. He's a weather guy on King TV in mm-hmm. Seattle. He also uh, will occasionally show up on Cairo Radio He as a news anchor. He also uh, does a very successful auction business on the side, but he has this uh, broadcast announcing class. So it's something we cover to a certain extent in my class, but in terms of learning how to talk on a podcast, uh, if you really want to go in depth, Killbreath is there for you. Um, and, and then we have classes like we can show you where there are careers in digital media. Wow. So uh, that's with Aaron Day again. All these different instructors. John Knowlton has his news writing class, which is uh, well known throughout uh, the Northwest as uh, this. If you want your intro to learn how to write news, John's the guy you take a a class from. If you want to have a radio management class, you got Tom Krause, nice. who's uh, teaching how to do that. Uh, and there are internship opportunities as well. So the the program is trying to get away from having you do one specific form of media, right? Uh, it, it, it's not print. It's not TV. It's not radio. It's not just podcasting. But what we've learned is that if we all work together yeah. and wherever things are headed with this entire system uh, uh, I defy you to tell me what broadcasting or podcasting is going to look like in 10 years because I sure as heck don't know and I've worked right. it in my entire adult life um, 
we're going to give you the background for all of that. And that's what we are really attempting to do. That sounds like an incredibly comprehensive programming that there's part of me that's kind of bummed that it wasn't quite like that during my time. So I, I would definitely encourage folks to check that out if they have any interest in that. Can I plug greenriver.edu? I was just going to say, where could folks go if they if they want to check out the list of courses, but more important, if they wanted to register, and that would be greenriver.edu. Yeah, greenriver.edu. You know, here's the thing, too, especially with so many of these classes being online, if you're anywhere in Washington State, basically, you can sign up for these classes and get the um, in-state rates, and because you're not actually having to set foot on campus for most of these classes, especially in the fall, Yeah, um, you know, if you're in Spokane, if you're in OMAC, if you're in Vancouver, uh, this is something that's suddenly a lot more accessible because otherwise we're we're more of a regional thing. Yeah, but we're, we're moving toward this online future, so uh, this is definitely something you have to still register for classes and go through um, some of that paperwork. But it, it's something that's going to be a lot easier to mm-hmm. do, just in terms of being able to take these classes. I should say I'm all to on demand. Some of these instructors uh, are 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 doing it a combination of on-demand and then like live Zoom sessions. Mm -hmm. So you can bounce that off and you do it at the same time, a couple times a week. Or, um, you know, it could be like me, uh, my class. I'm I'm just working with you one-on-one as much as uh, you need to a reasonable extent. (laughs) Uh, But working with you one-on-one after I I upload the lecture and there are some quizzes and other activities that you do every week. Awesome. And and that's what I was going to ask you about is kind of like the actual structure of your class, because like I've taken other classes Mm -hmm. at Green River that were, you know, basically either like a hybrid of going in person and online, 100 percent online and in person. It sounds like your new podcasting class is is a totally different thing. Yeah, in that it's totally on demand. It's on demand, and uh, it, the term in higher ed, and I guess now if you have kids in regular ed, there's synchronous versus asynchronous. Okay, and so this is a, an asynchronous class. Uh, you have assignments due every week. Um, they're not hard assignments, Mike. They're, this this is this is not rocket science what what you're doing is it's a 10-week class and you have five podcasts that you will do Mm -hmm. you know with increasing levels of difficulty and then every other week you're instead listening to and evaluating a podcast listening for things that i'm telling you to listen for and seeing how well those get executed in different podcasts and what they're doing well and what they aren't and what ideas you get out of those. Missed last week's episode? Have trouble remembering that hot take you heard? Find it all in the full archive on soundcloud.com by searching Mike Seibert Radio. Well, I, I hope no episodes of Mike Seibert Radio end up becoming a course material because I don't know if I could stand that level of scrutiny. <laughs> uh, Charlie Harger, you have been incredibly generous with your time. I, I really appreciate you uh, chatting about podcasting and the broadcasting program at Green River College. Uh, do you have a couple more minutes to go through some listener questions that uh, that we got? Absolutely not. Goodbye, Mike. Okay, bye. 
And until next time, <laughs> wear your mask, wash uh, your hands, and make good choices. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> well, because like uh, uh, my buddy Nick, yeah. who has, he's been incredibly supportive of uh, all kinds of independent podcasters mm-hmm. here in the Pacific Northwest, including myself. Like he's uh, he's really kind of set me on a few different paths by just like being a fan, saying like, "Hey, man, why don't you talk to these people?" And I'm cool. like, I'm like. I should go talk to those <laughs> folks. Next thing you know, I, I've made additional yeah. uh, connections. So he's he's one of those you know active listeners that any content creator would uh, cross a thousand miles to get. He's uh, he's, yeah. he's a really good dude. Uh, but he, uh, I do also know he he's wanted to do podcasting for a very long time Mm -hmm. and anytime i see him i'm like dude just do it you know a lot of the stuff that we talked about during our chat here is like you know just talk it to the phone nick just do it you you know I, i know it sounds painful just do it nick okay i love do it but when I posted that that video yeah. and said, "Hey, by the way, uh, first day of fall quarter is September twenty first. It's coming around. Yeah, it is. Uh, you register early, register often. GreenRiver.edu. Sure. <laughs> I guess the president recommends that. <laughs> but Nick asked some really good questions, okay. um, starting with one that that I had heard. I don't remember who, so I can't attribute it. But so um, one of my friends from out of state had asked me, it's like, well, this sounds cool, but is that something that I can do? Yeah. And my understanding is I, anyone can sign up for a college class, or especially in these times. One of the things you're going to want to check with college is there might be a difference in out-of-state versus in-state. I, I We're in a crazy time here. That's one of those things when you talk to registration. Yeah. You go, uh, so what are we going to do here? Yeah. Uh, but that that is a conversation. But yeah, anyone in, in the world can take this class. You, you do have to meet qual- basic qualifications yeah. for, for getting into a community college. Yeah. But uh, definitely uh, something that... Uh, it's actually one of the great things uh, about this crazy time we're in. You don't have to be inside a classroom. You can be inside your home in Arizona, in Florida, in, exactly. in Guam. Oh, I'd love to have students from Guam. That'd be awesome. You know, that's where America's Day begins, Mike. I did know that. I had to think about it. I'm like, you know, as, as the sun travels, I'm like, yeah, no, that, that totally checks out. That, okay. uh, that makes sense. Nick has some good questions. Uh, he, uh, he writes, um, if you're strapped for hours because of the day job, can you do classes on the weekend on demand? Question mark. Thinking face emoji. Yes. Tell me more. Oh, well. <laughs> You're just testing me to see if I still got my listening skills. Listening skills, and we ask open-ended and closed-ended questions. Okay, so to answer that question, yeah, that's... Listen, I just wrapped up a master's degree, and that's exactly what I did with my classes, was I I worked during the week full-time, worked through the week part-time on my college job, I was a dad, and then on Saturdays and Sundays, I just kind of crammed. I don't recommend... No. Just cr- cramming. Uh, what what I would tell you is I, I would hope to see some work in the middle of the week. And then if 
I have every student t- turn in at 11.59 on Sunday. It just, all, all the assignments I get tend to come in on Sundays, yep. uh, but I am, am not going to uh, tell you that I'm going to look for your logins every day. I am going to look sure to make sure you are logging in, but I'm not going to uh, be super uh, retentive right. <laughs> on exactly when you get in, as long as you get in by 11.59 on Sunday. Nice. Can you just do his classes, or do you have to do the completed prerequisites? I don't know if there are any prerequisites for my class. Let me let me pop that up. I can't think of anything. I, I mean, we have the entire broadcasting program, and I highly encourage anyone uh, to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't think I have any prerequisites there wasn't during my time yeah. and and that was one of the it was really evident yes quite so and that's uh, how look, you got in my class i was gonna say look at my coursework jeez um do you have to have all the equipment to make your podcast at home before you do the class question mark no in fact i i i i set a real baseline for my students i'm going to have you at least record on a smartphone or a tablet or if you got your gamer headset uh, record that into a laptop or or whatever it is uh, you happen to do Uh, and i will give you access to tools and ideas for how to improve your podcast but at the same time i'm not going to make it so you have to have to uh have like the the studio for moving 92.5 just not see and this is an interesting one uh do you need help of others to complete your recordings for example uh putting people in work groups yeah so i (laughs) my least favorite thing to ever do in school was the group assignment it is the worst because I'm the only one working on it, and then all of a sudden the other person tries to take half credit for it. See, that was me. I was the other guy. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Charlie. So, no. What I, I do encourage you to do, in fact, in a couple of your podcast assignments, you'll interview someone. We, we have socially distant ways of doing that. But you'll interview someone. Absolutely will do that, but they don't have to be a fellow classmate. So it might be your friend that you are interviewing, your parents. I I had uh, one student last quarter. uh, She had been in a situation where her family was very concerned and uh, she wasn't even allowed to leave her house, basically. (laughs) And she so she interviewed her sibling. Uh, So. We find ways, but, you know, using Skype, using FaceTime, using Zoom or any of these other products, you're going to be able to interview someone, but it doesn't have to be a fellow classmate. Gotcha. Um, Is it a good idea to have a concrete podcast idea to do while doing the class? Well, it doesn't hurt. If you are somebody who has a, a vision for what you want to do, that's great. But I'm, I'm also going to go through some exercises with you. Okay, so what are you really good at? What do people talk to you about? Uh, what do you find yourself talking with your friends about? What, do you, what subreddits do you subscribe to? Yeah. That sort of thing. And 
I, I've heard about your subreddits, Mike, and uh, <laughs> HR would like to have a word with you. But Safe search is your friend. <laughs> but what are some of the things that uh, you are most interested in? And, and then we start to explore from there. So we go from like a really broad concept down to a niche. So I, I had one student. Um, I, I love having student athletes in, in my class sure. because all of them want to talk about sports. And, you know, I I will get them narrowed down. I got student athletes who just wanted to talk about football. And by his second show, I he's doing a show, which I thought was great. It's like, what are the best bets on fantasy football this weekend? Yeah. Okay. So you go from, I like football, to, oh, here's who you need to be looking at on each team for your fantasy football league to win the Shiva Cup. So uh, that's one uh, thing. I also had another student athlete. He decided he really liked food. And so his entire podcast wound up being about best desserts. And, and I... I love it. I love dessert. <laughs> and it, it, it was just a, a fun one to listen to. That's awesome. So it, it I this is breaking news because yeah. like I was I was thinking about Nick's question and the the way that you answered it and I've realized that the format of my show Mike yeah. Cybert Radio still kind of has those same roots from when you taught me back in 2015 in that I I don't remember what I called it but it was like you know you encouraged us to have like a, a like a, a title or or something yeah. Uh, something that was singular, but we did individual different types of themed episodes for different assignment strengths. Right. And what I've realized is that that's something that I'm still doing. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I'm I'm doing interviews or I'm doing more self-reflective stuff mm-hmm. or I'm doing movie reviews or ranking lists. And it's all it all traces back to that original coursework, and I haven't thought of it from that perspective in five years. Well, I, it just it just occurred to me. You're welcome. I listen. <laughs> I want half the profits you've made off this show now. <laughs> Sold. <laughs> All right. Uh, Nick's last question here, and we'll uh, we'll close out on this. Um, is there video production? Is that part of the class? Uh, since and he brings up another point that that I'd like to touch on briefly. He says since audio files are dropped on YouTube just with one still image. Yeah. Yeah. I listen. And I will encourage that. I, I I think taking one of Aaron's classes is also a really great idea for the video production side of things. What I do find students who are really into this, yeah, they they are uploading their stuff onto on, onto YouTube, and which is fine. And we can get in. A little bit to that, but this is an audio class, and I try to keep everybody, uh, the platform we are using in class is Anchor, and what's nice about Anchor is it has, a, and I, I just heard some of the podcasters in the audience, they, they, can you hear their eyeballs rolling to the back of their head? <laughs> I, I can hear them. Uh, but, all, all that pearl clutching. <laughs> yeah. Oh, heavens! Uh, 
But no, uh, the reason we use Anchor, I want you to think back to a very basic user. Somebody is going to need some free software and they're not going to want to monkey around with distribution. Anchor does both of those very easily. So I have students upload their shows on Anchor and then all of a sudden it goes out onto all the podcatchers. So if you want to listen on Apple Podcasts, if you want to listen on on, on Spotify or or any of the other services, Stitcher, you can automatically just get it distributed. You don't you don't have to think about it. You don't have to worry your head. This is a 10 week course. We, we have a lot of ground to cover. Yeah. But I do find some students take their audio file and then they upload that to YouTube. And I think that's a fantastic way of doing it. Uh, but I, I don't teach the video editing so far. I, I do know some students uh, who have really recorded their podcast with uh, cameras uh, and they not only upload the sound file uh, on to the anchor system, but then they turn around and take that sound, same uh, video file that they've recorded and they export it to YouTube. That way they reach the widest possible audience. Real hot take, mm-hmm. not to put you on the spot, but I'm going to put you on the spot. Anchor is one of those polarizing yeah, um, yeah. from somebody that, that deals with it and likes it and teaches it. Hot takes on Anchor. Yeah, I think there are some uh, drawbacks in terms of editing the audio. At least there's some of that. Listen, the, the the two main ones that I've used back and forth in my class are Spreaker yeah. and Anchor. It, it, I, I would love to have a class where I have people who are using Audacity or Audition or uh, any of the other services, and they're setting up their own RSS feeds, and they're putting up uh, a, a WordPress site a, or a Wix site. I mean, there are all, all sorts of advantages for that. This is 10 weeks you have. Yeah. And my goal is to really focus on making you sound great, giving you a great baseline for your show and as if you are somebody who's into podcasting you're going to start discovering this sort of stuff and i also I give you uh, links one of the great things about uh being somebody who lives in King County or Pierce County or, or belongs to any library is through library systems, you have access to Lynda training software, L-Y-N-D-A. If you're not familiar with Lynda, these are in-depth, deep, deep dives into how to use all these different software platforms. They'll they'll spend 10 hours training you how to do audition, 20 hours on Audacity, how to put together a podcast uh, on, on, on a low, medium, and high level. And you're going to get access uh, to all of those uh, files, and I'm going to point you in directions you hadn't even really thought of. Um, but my purpose, I think, in life is to give people the energy and the excitement of being a podcaster, of being a broadcaster, of enjoying what they do. We commonly refer to it as being bit by the bug. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I've shared this many, many, many times and will continue to be evangelical about it until I can't anymore. You know, whatever- Like Jerry Falwell Jr.? <laughs> Charlie. Whatever path I was on before- uh, walking into that classroom, I'm a broadcaster now and there's no going back. So. That last part is going to get cut out, isn't it? 
what I enjoy about my class is I get to meet students who are passionate about uh, talking to other people through this sort of medium, and they enjoy doing that. And I love finding students who are able to start and do it at a basic level, but then improve their skills slowly and start to grow and get some ideas and some training. I, I, I don't want to think that I'm the world's greatest instructor. I am not. But I, I do enjoy uh, giving advice and guidance to people who are just learning. And I, I, I got to tell you, Mike, uh, through my career, I've probably had a thousand, maybe 1500 students. Sure. I don't know. And I, I think of so many, I, I can just be out and about and somebody would go, Charlie Harder. Uh, and I, you know, I'm, at that point now, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm like, oh, hey, you. <laughs> uh, but uh, it, it, people who are on the radio, who do podcasts yeah. that I, I've just known forever, and I, I've seen them since the very beginning, there is a real pleasure knowing that at least I, I helped them a little bit, and I, I, I definitely wasn't the best, but I at least helped them a little bit, and they were able to remember that all these years later. That, yeah. That's a good feeling. Absolutely. Well, well, we're all Charlie's kids. I mean, that's. I mean, when, when I first started at my job at work, mm-hmm. that that was that was the quickest, easiest shorthand. I'm like, oh, I'm one of Charlie's kids. Yeah. You know, and there's that instant recognition there. And, you know, I mean, and that that means something. I mean, that comes with the, the you know, pedigree of being a KGRG alumni. Yeah. And, you know, you start connecting with other alumni in the building. And and, and I, I got to tell you, Mike, I, I just want to think about all the people we have who are teaching these classes, these journalism courses. And that's what you're going to want to look up when you uh, go to the course finder. Uh these are people who are still active and involved in the industry. We yeah. we are not just simply college instructors. We we know people. We like helping people out. This is uh, our passion project on the side <laughs> is helping others as well. So yeah, absolutely. You're not only going to find that in me. You're going to find that in Aaron Day. You're going to find that in Stephen Kilbreath. You're going to find that in John Knowlton. You're going to find that in John Kasrick. And you're going to find that in Tom Evans Krause. Absolutely. Charlie Harger, it is always a pleasure. Thank you so much for being generous with your time. Uh, Where can folks learn more about your podcasting course, the broadcasting program at Green River College. Where can we connect with you on the internets and how can we connect with you on the social media? Sure. So greenriver.edu is a place you want to go to find out. Just click on the registration area. They have something called a class finder. So there's the journalism section. That's where you're going to want to look for that. That's where the classes start. If you ever want to reach out to me, the best way to do that is simply... uh, Type in Como Charlie on Twitter, K O M O Charlie, and uh, shoot me a DM. I'm happy to uh, respond to that. I, I'm all over on social media, but that's the one that seems to go through most directly to me. Uh, so do that. Uh, you can always uh, check out my Twitter feed, and I occasionally talk about that when I'm not talking about the world events of the day. <laughs> it's a it's a good connection for the news and verify account by the way i know Como i'm a blue check i'm a blue check i don't yes. like to brag one of those one yeah of those. 
Charlie, this has been a blast. We, yeah. we'll, we'll have to not wait a year uh, to do it again. Maybe uh, maybe when the the world changes yeah. again. Oh, don't worry. You're on the hook to do my class this quarter, Mike. So it is it is one of the pleasures that I have as you know I, I feel an obligation as a KGRG alumni to kind of you know give back and kind of like really be part of that scene even though if if you ask me what's on the air on the radio yeah. I couldn't tell you I I heard from cool guy Luke recently that they don't play as much uh, post rock anymore mm. and that kind of made me sad mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know more aggressively sad music on, yeah. the, on today's rock but I don't even know what today's rock is I digress uh, well, uh, uh, but yeah, you're on all, all day, every day. And that will do it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. And if you want to check out all of my past shows, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And you can always check out the full show archive out on SoundCloud, the same account that I set up five years ago for Charlie Harger's podcasting class. I've, I still haven't changed hosts. Oh. Okay. Hey, listen, I've got my mask on now. I'm ready to get out the door. Very good. Like, share, rate, and review the show. Let us know what you'd like and what you'd like to hear more of in the future. For Mike Seibert Radio, my name is Mike. Bye, Mike. It was great seeing you. (laughs) And until next time, wear your mask like Charlie Harger, wash your hands, and of course, make good choices. You've been listening to the Mike Seibert Radio Podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching at Mike Seibert Radio. Email us at MikeCybertRadio at gmail.com. The spelling on that, of course, is S-E-I-B-E-R-T. Call into the voicemail hotline at 231-224-MIKE. Once again, that's 231-224-6453. Special thanks to Michael Geisler for our theme music. For more like it, check out ByDoorMusic.com. This has been a Mike Seibert Radio Production. I'm Charlie Harder. I'm a reporter. I'm not supposed to get starstruck and emotional, right? I guess that's why I got surprised by my latest celebrity interview, and I hope you'll indulge me a bit. I may not be the pocket protector-wearing geek you might think of when a Star Trek fan is described, but man, I love the shows and the movies, and there may or may not be a cringe-inducing picture of me with the Star Trek fan club in my 1987 College Place Middle School yearbook, and that's probably why I got so worked up when I finally got my chance to interview William freaking Shatner. On June 10th, Mr. Shatner will appear at McCaw Hall here in Seattle as part of the Unique Lives program. Ahead of his appearance, he's spending a little time with us here on the Como Newsline. Thanks for being here. Thank you, and I'm looking forward to coming there. It's got to be a, a, a mixed blessing for you. Here you are, you're a celebrity, you've got a certain amount of wealth, of fame. The downside is it's going to be really difficult for you to make a late-night stop at a, a Safeway or Albertsons and buy some groceries. People recognize you. I, I also think, though, man, I, I have admired William Shatner for all these years. What is the best way of approaching someone like you? Because if I see you, sir, I that might be my only chance in real life, and I want you to know how much your work means to me i mean how do people approach you and not get you all annoyed at the same time i, I suppose what, I'm well, what, to ask. what you've just said is like the ultimate compliment i mean how beautiful is that for you to say that uh, you like what i've done that you don't want to bother me but you'd like to i mean uh, just that alone I, I i'd have to put my hand on your shoulder and say and look you in the eye and say thank you so much and 
what can I do for you? I mean, there is a a way that most people do and, and say it casually or uh, some compliment or, or, or acknowledgement that they have known me in their television set on their movie screen. There is a way of doing that. The way not to do it is to think that by saying something funny, they're being funny. You must hear it all. Uh, I didn't know if I was going to uh, say this or not, but I, I, I think back to 1979. I was four years old. Um, my parents were about to get divorced. My dad was about, I don't know, five years from getting sober. And I went and saw the motion picture at the drive-in movie theater, Oxnard, California, 1979. I, I, I very clearly wow, that, that's remember so seeing vivid, this. Isn't it? It, it, it's so vivid because it was a, a hard time in my life as a four-year-old. And, and you've just had this larger-than-life impact on my life. And I, I know you, you must have all sorts of people who say that to you, but can you reflect on what it's like to you know, have people, complete strangers to you, but they, they come up to you and they, they talk about these intense experiences they've had with you? You know, I do an occasional uh, Comic-Con, so I'm signing autographs with people, and a lot of people come up and express what, just what you've, uh, the experience you've just, you had. They'll express something similar that they went through with family. They were watching the show and the identification with their parents or some moment in time that they associate with me. And it's moving. I mean, I've been moved to tears frequently with people who have come with such a heartfelt story that, and just the emotion of putting me and the, and the show they watched together. It's been an extraordinary event. And just what you said, even over the phone and we've never met, it's moving. It inserts itself into my soul. And, you know, this thing, excuse me, that I'm doing in Seattle will not be unlike what you and I are doing right now. I know we just have a moment left, but CBS has all these Star Trek series coming out on its streaming services. You, William Shatner, would you ever return to the role at 88 years old? Would you ever return to the role of Captain Kirk one last time? I certainly would. If, uh, you know, well-written thing, I certainly would. Oh, man, I just talked to William Shatner. Listen, he is going to be at McCaw Hall June 10th. You can find out more at UniqueLives.com. I'm Charlie Harger, Como News.